Homeopathy to Heal, featuring Pam Klein. And this is episode 148, and the last episode, our co-host from this side of the pond in Southern California, Kim Shea, has done. She is now spending more time in her business, Aging Purposefully, and her podcast, Pivot and Thrive. We wish her the best. You can contact her. Her contact information is in the show notes, or you can leave her a voice message from alternativehealthtools.com. Just look for the microphone on the lower right corner of any page on the website. And our new hosts, Leslie and Angie, requested we refine our tagline, so here it is, where together we discover alternative health tools and explore integrative healing philosophies for both individuals and practitioners. We now bring you Pam Klein and Kim Shea. Hi, this is Kim Shea from Alternative Health Tools. I'm your co-host from this side of the pond here in Southern California. Today is July 28th, 2021, and today I get to speak with Pam Klein. She's a homeopathic practitioner, and you can find her at homeopathytoheal.com, and we'll have those in the show notes, that information there, so you can just click on it and check her out. But she's here to talk to us about homeopathy, tell us what it is and how it can help us out. Welcome, Pam, to the podcast. Oh, so nice to be here. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. Thank you. Tell me about your background. Oh, my background. Well, I've been I've been a practitioner and ongoing learning about homeopathy for over 30 years. I don't know if you want the whole story, but I've done several programs, one of them out of England and then one that was in Escondido and I continue to learn about homeopathy. I'm not a medical person. I don't have a medical background, but I'm trained as a homeopath, a classical homeopath. When I heard about it over 30 years ago in a Mother's Lecce League playgroup, I was, what is this? And I wanted to learn more. So I did some reading. I took some classes locally in San Diego. And then three years later, I enrolled in that program out of England, the School of Homeopathy, wanting to know more. Yeah. So is England the premier place for this information? Well, that school was... For me, it was. I had three okay. young kids. But homeopathy developed in the late 1700s out of Germany by the physician Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, was the, the founder of homeopathy. And then it kind of moved all over to England, to the United States. It was practically medical schools at the turn of the 1900s were med- homeopathic and allopathic, which is Western medicine. The hospitals were as well. It's practiced all over the world, India, Europe, South America. It has always wow. been available yet sometimes has gone I don't want to say underground but yes so okay so this isn't new this is it's not, not new, new. okay yeah a lot of people think it's new a lot of people confuse it with other healing modalities but it's its own form of medicine its own principles I mean I could talk about that if you'd like it's it's based on like cures like or the law of similars which means that, and Samuel Hahnemann kind of discovered this by giving something that, giving the homeopathic remedy that's similar to to what the person's experiencing in their illness, their symptoms, that stimulates their own healing process. So it's using the, the natural innate ability of each of us that we have and kind of assisting it to heal. Very individual. It's not, it doesn't treat, which I said earlier, doesn't treat the disease name, it treats the person who has okay. these symptoms. Yeah. That's interesting. So if yeah. someone has a headache, are you treating, are you, you, 
you, I guess I don't understand really the like treats like. So right. Well, let me I give mean, you an example. Not somebody pain meds. Okay. Let me give you an example. Like a good example okay. is like the remedy. If somebody is chopping onions, you know how when you chop onions, you start to cry, your eyes mm-hmm. tear, they burn. I mean, it isn't really crying. It's very uncomfortable. Your nose hurts. It's running. Yeah. Well, if somebody has a cold like that or has allergies where they have burning eyes and they're cheering a lot, their nose kind of like they're cutting an onion. If you give them the homeopathic remedy, Allium Sipo, which is the red onion, because you think about when you cut an onion, that's the light cures like. So that would help somebody who had those kind of symptoms, whether it's a cold or an allergy. See, again, it's not the cold or the allergy, it's how the person is experiencing what is bothering them in the way they're trying to heal themselves, actually. And that, that stimulates their own healing. That's very interesting. I could give another example, like coffee, which is made from coffee. Like if somebody has difficulty sleeping, insomnia, if you give, sometimes if you give that homeopathic remedy, coffee, that helps them with sleeping. That's I like think it would be the opposite. You think it would be the opposite, yeah. So that's why when I meet with somebody, and often it could be an hour and a half or two-hour appointment, I'm really wanting to find out about this person, about the totality of them, not just what brought them in, but also about their emotional state, other physical symptoms, when this started, what was going on, possibly their medical history, dreams. And we're piecing together a puzzle that we don't know what the puzzle is going to look like, but we're making a picture of this person and then giving the similar of that picture in the form of the homeopathic remedy. So that's why I really need to find out about the person. Yeah. How did, how did dreams come into play with that? Well, dreams are another way of, mm, it's a way of us, you know, kind of expressing what's going on with us, how we feel. Okay. But in a, sometimes in a symbolic way or sometimes in a, well, unconscious way, you know, but that it's still there, that there's something that's being expressed that maybe we can't always express out verbally. But I often do kind of look at that because it's, it's sort of part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just another piece, another piece. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense, but I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Well, again, I, just to say that we're not, we're not individual parts. We're a totality. Yeah. 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 And we don't always think that way. Western medicine doesn't. It's often, you know, go to this doctor for this, you know, I have this, you know, separate, but it's really a one unit, really. What if somebody is going to a doctor, let's say for high blood pressure, and then they're coming to you for something else like migraine headaches? Is there a conflict with that? Well, I, first of all, I'm not an MD, so I can never tell somebody to be on or off medication. Okay. That I always say that that is administered, you know, monitored by your physician. But it could be that as we work together and using homeopathy, you might not need as much of the blood pressure medication or as high a dosage, but to kind of monitor it with your physician. And then maybe you can be lowered. It could be lowered. So Hmm. again, and I do say that we... um, I know some homeopaths might not feel this way, but I look at it that we can work together, homeopathy and Western medicine, but we might need to use the homeopathic remedy more often. It really depends, but not to outrule just because you're doing Western medicine, you can't do homeopathy too. Like I have a few patients who might be on antibiotics, but we're also doing homeopathy. 
So, okay. you know, I am about choice, that choice in terms of our health care, that you know that there are choices. And I often, you know, are very supportive of, yes, someone decides I'm going to go do this in terms of Western medicine. I can't say, no, you can't. You know, that's not my area. But we can do homeopathy, too, along with it. Yeah. And maybe that you were not going to, they're not going to need the Western medicine as much because the homeopathy, again, it's stimulating their own healing. Because we. Is everything made from a food? From no, no, it's not Because you food. mentioned coffee and onion. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they're made from plants okay. and they're made from the periodic table, like metals and minerals, mm. when you think of the periodic table. And they're made from animals. They use very little, let's say, of milk from a dog or a wing from a bird or blood or something to make the homeopathic remedy. And they're made in homeopathic pharmacies. So there's one in Northern uh, California I, I order from quite a bit and one from England I order quite a bit. And there's this particular process, the way remedies are made, which Samuel Hahnemann developed. I mean, I could go into all of that at some point if you want to know. But at a certain point at the 12C potency, which means it's the strength, there's nothing left of what the material is made from. Like it, oh. it's the energetic pattern of that, that substance, so to speak. And there are all of these remedies have been what we call proven. And the information is in, in homeopathic books, Materia Medica, that we look at as homeopaths, and there's a repertory as well. I mean, there's information that homeopaths can look at to guide them to select the, uh, the homeopathic remedy that fits this person after having met and taken the case. So they're made from, they're over 4,000 homeopathic remedies. Oh, wow. Okay, that's yes. a lot. Because I have seen, when I go to my local uh, health food store, there's a display of different things you can get little bottles for and everything. There's certainly not 4,000. No, well, they only have like 40 of them. That's why you order from, um, you know, homeopathic pharmacy. Hmm. And that, and, and again, like what you see in the store, which is wonderful in, in one way, because it, it puts out homeopathy that people see it, but, and they often have something on the vial, what it's good for, but it's, it could be good for other things as well. And it introduces people to homeopathy, but yet there's so much more that, home that homeopathy can offer for people. And wonderful for, for children, babies through older adults. Oh, okay. Yeah. It yeah. can't hurt them. No, it's very safe. In fact, you know, children love them because the sugar pellets are just taste so sweet. So if a child gets into a mom's homeopathic kit and takes them, they're fine. They're, okay. Nothing can happen. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Okay, so these are pellets? Yeah. Well, the, really, the original form is, is a liquid mm -hmm. that's made at the pharmacy, and then it's poured in a little vial and that has the pellets in it, and the pellets absorb the liquid homeopathic remedy. So when you take the remedy, you let the, the pellet dissolve in your mouth. Sometimes I have patients dissolve the pellets in like a little bit of, like four ounces of water, and then stir it and take a teaspoonful, and that's a dose. Of the remedy. Oh boy, that's almost nothing then. It's nothing. Really? I mean, the, wow. the cost of the remedies are very inexpensive and they can, they'll last forever. And that was part of the, the turn of the century of the 1900s with the introduction in pharmaceuticals. There's no money in, in homeopathic remedies or medicines, you know? Yeah. So that, 
we, homeopathy got pushed out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I could see where it would be very attractive to people because pharmaceuticals can be just exorbitant. And so if you can't afford it, well, also it seems that, very attractive. Also, it's that the pharmaceuticals, and this is where I'm being very biased, I think, is that they're not necessarily healing. They're more like, you know, they, maintaining, you know, keeping the levels, whereas often homeopathy is going to be healing so that you don't need to um, be on medication. Okay. Yeah, if I could say that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Um, so can you tell me about some healings that you've had or that you or I mean, I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong terminology, but experiences that you have had with homeopathy or maybe a client of yours and and how I know you, you talk about on your website that sometimes you need to adjust. I mean, can you help me understand what that whole process would look like if somebody has to come back to you and, and you need to change things? How does this work? Well, very often, most of the time, it's a series of homeopathic remedies may be needed that we start where the person is, we give one remedy, it may move them and help, and then other things come up and we need another homeopathic remedy. And I like to think that part of that is that then people will make homeopathy part of their health care. You know, but I work with families, I work with children, and I love to have the ongoing relationship with people. Sometimes people just come in, in for one thing. So like I worked with this one family who the woman had difficulty with, with seeing. She actually was diagnosed with glaucoma. And this was a couple of years ago, and she's, um, we did used, gave a homeopathic remedy, and she went back to have her eyes examined, and her eyes were much better. The glaucoma condition mm. was much less. We did other, she continued to see me when needed. We did other homeopathic remedies. First things that came up, there was some urinary, not urinary, but like difficulty in her period and she was having some pain and some bleeding. We did another homeopathic remedy that helped that. And then more recently, some other things, often emotional situations were coming up or, and we changed the remedy to something else and that's helped her now too. So I'm not saying which remedies because People will sometimes latch on it because it may not fit that you if you hear it. Like people will say, okay. oh, I have this, then this remedy helps. Well, I very rarely do that because it may not be right for you. For an acute situation, that might be different, like, or a fall. Like, I know I'm jumping all over the place. Like, Arnica Montana is very helpful for if somebody has a fall or a trauma or surgery or dental work. It helps with the bruising and all. But there is often a series. I mean, then I've worked again, it was the same family, her, one of her children, behaviorally, well, she, the little girl had a lot of fears and was very afraid of the, the stove in, in the kitchen and was very, was hiding behind her mom and was very, always clinging to her mom, was having, couldn't be alone at night, did very well with the homeopathic remedy. She's outgoing, she can, you know, talk to people, very friendly. And then Boy. some other things developed. I can't remember exactly. And we changed the remedy. And it's not that she's taking the remedy ongoing. It's just maybe it was one or two doses. And then another remedy was needed. But this, this is kind of showing that there are, this family's invested in doing homeopathy as part of their health. Some people just come in for one thing, and that is better. And we might need several doses of that remedy. We might need, it might, other things might come up and we change it to another homeopathic remedy. I'd like to say it's a process. It's a process of healing. We're not looking for a quick fix. We're not looking for a Band-Aid. 
we're really looking for healing and health. And it's a process, you know, it's taken us, taken anybody who has a health concern or issue so many years or so much of a time to have developed this. So it does take some time to unwind it, so to speak. Okay. Unravel it, you know, whereas we're not always used to that thinking because we think, you know, I have this pain, I'll take this medication, the pain will be gone. That isn't always, not that we're not feeling better, but we're unraveling. And I do want to say, too, that it's very helpful for emotional situations. You remember how you asked about the dreams? Yeah. You know, okay, this is a good example, that there's a woman who she had a really sore arm in her elbow. I mean, so sore, and it was terrible at night that she had trouble sleeping. And she couldn't even put a bra on because it was so hard to move her arm. And she didn't remember hurting herself, like pulling a muscle. And she had two dreams, like a couple of nights before her arms started to hurt, feeling very unsafe that something could hurt her and that somebody could hurt her. And these were not typical dreams for her at all. And someone said to her, well, what about if you got a massage, you know, to kind of work it out? And then her immediate reaction is, I don't want to be touched. And that led me to her to take the remedy, which I mentioned before, Arnica Montana, which often is for trauma, for falls, for okay. surgery, and that is a remedy that often moms start to use with their children. They're, that's their first introduction to homeopathy. But again, as I said, there wasn't anything that this woman remembered having happened that she injured her arm. Well, within, I don't know, a couple of hours, and that night the pain started to subside and she could oh, sleep. Wow. And so the thought was that maybe something happened on an emotional level that felt very traumatizing to her, maybe very threatening. And, and it showed up in the dreams, you know, this is when you asked about the dreams. Mm -hmm. And that pain went away. And that's why I like to sort of say that not to think of a remedy, because Arnica, again, I go back to that, is thought of as a first aid remedy. But this wasn't a first aid situation. This was, could be like a chronic. So not to pigeonhole that this remedy is for this and this remedy is for that. Very it sad. has a much larger scope, each remedy. And again, it's fitting the individual person. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is interesting. And I know I I hadn't thought of it for mental health. I guess I was uh, thinking of it for aches and pains and stuff like that, but I know that this was several years ago I was having a problem with tremendous anxiety. And my mother, I think, had given me a little bottle of I think it was dandelion root or something like that that I was to add to water. Like it was a tincture. And I was surprised. It really did help to calm me when I would take it. So it's, it's just a whole interesting science, isn't it? Oh, it is, because I do see people who have emotional issues, you know, anxiety or depression, or even, you know, I, I don't know if I should say it, you know, thoughts of death. One patient just talked about death throughout the whole time we talked, mm. you know, and, and so these things come up. Again, it's to look at, we're not, we're, we're t I know I keep saying that a totality, we're not parts. We're parts that make yeah. up a whole. Yeah. And how does this all connect? Yeah. Can it be used for preventative meditation? Yes. Medication, like if you, if you know something runs in your family or you're just expecting something, is there something you can take for that? Well, it, it can, because often when you say preventative, it's like we, we kind of have a susceptibility or a sensitivity in terms of things in that are passed down. Yes, it can help. It also can be helped in the sense that if you've been 
exposed to something. Like, again, a patient, she had strep throat. This was about over a year ago. And she was prone to having strep throat and used antibiotics over the years and gave her a homeopathic remedy that helped with the, with the, with the strep throat. And I said, you know what, give that remedy to the fam your family. She had two children and her and a husband because they were exposed to it. And that particular remedy was, is known in historically in homeopathic literature to be very helpful for strep throat prophylactically. You know, I didn't. Oh, I know you okay. didn't use the word prophylactically. Yeah, that's what And I it meant. helped yeah. just as yeah as a prevention. But again, it's fitting. You know, what is this? What's going on? What are the circumstances? The specificness of it, of what's going on. Yeah. And again, you know, if somebody's been exposed to something, sometimes I know with this whole coronavirus thing that was, and homeopathy was very helpful over the last year, which we weren't hearing in mainstream news about homeo how homeopathy was helpful worldwide for people who came down with the virus, oh, okay. that there were a few remedies that people were saying, you know, if you think you've been exposed, that maybe take the, these as a help. It might be that you need another remedy in a week or so, but let's start with this. So, because homeopathy has historically been very helpful for epidemics like the 1918 flu, homeopathy was used and the mortality rate was very, very low. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and a group of remedies were shown to, meaning shown, meaning that they found out through using them and the type of symptoms that people were having were useful for this particular epidemic. And the same thing with this coronavirus epidemic, that a group of remedies were showing up that were helpful. So, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. That's very interesting. Yeah, most people don't. And I wrote about it a little bit in my blog. I mean, again, I'm about getting information out, getting out that you, there are choices that you can have for your health care. I mean, it's always good to check with your physician about mm -hmm. something if you have a concern to outrule something or just to see what's going on. But to know that homeopathy can work along with Western medicine and there are other things that you can do in addition yeah. to Western medicine. Yeah. Well, anyone who's listening to this podcast is that's what they're about is they want um, alternative choices. So it's, this is a good fit for them to know about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, and I, this may be true in, in Western medicine too, but is there a, a problem if somebody has no faith in it? If, oh. if you prescribe them something and they're like, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. Is that well, no, no, no. Okay. No, they might not come back or they might think it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, because I've I've actually you know homeopathy works on animals. It works on bears. I have no cognitive thinking that this isn't going to work or is going to work. Although animals, I think know when something you know they have a sense, and sometimes babies too. But no, no. Okay. No. Yeah. yeah, animals seem to know when you're just trying to help them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And babies too. I mean, babies have. I mean, babies that that you know, I always ask about you know. What's different? How is the baby responding? It's the mother and the father or the, whoever is observing. But the baby is telling us or the child or the nonverbal being is telling us. It's just the way that we can hear it hmm. uh, and understand what they're telling us. I mean, years ago, I was a young boy who had ongoing, I guess, ear infections. But he was on antibiotics and we had have an antibiotic and then a, three, four weeks later, it would come back. So they came in to see me. They had been referred to me. 
and he would play with toys and he would make noises like with the trucks, you know, with the trucks make. And then, you know, his mom would say that when we we're outside and he hears like a plane far off, he will cover his ears and come running to me. Like he was, she didn't know if she, he was afraid or it hurt his ears or what, but something about the sound and gave him a homeopathic remedy. And I don't even think they came back for a follow-up. I think I called them. He didn't need to use ear antibiotics anymore. The ear infections went away. And I never quite knew, I, I really wondered what it was about the sound, but I didn't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously there was a sensitivity about the sound for him. Yeah. And the fact that he would make sounds just was very interesting to me. Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. Yeah. So if you prescribe something for somebody, you're not mixing it up where you are. Is it, it needs to be ordered for people or do you have a stash in your office that well, you... First of all, I legally no. can't prescribe. I can legally practice okay. in California. I don't say I'm an MD. I'm not an MD. I don't diagnose. Yeah. I don't do a hands-on exam. I order okay. from homeopathic pharmacies. I don't make them up. I have quite a few remedies here already, but if I need, if I don't have it, we order it from the pharmacy, either delivered here or have it delivered to the patient, or they, I have it for them. But it's not something I make up. And if we were on camera, I would show you. I mean, you saw the vials in, in like sprouts, but the, yeah. I order from a pharmacy and they're little glass vials. Yeah. And I often put, put it into a smaller vial because they don't need a whole vial. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. You don't take the vial until it's empty. And I never know how much... How often, I always say that the patient tells me what remedy they need, the potency or strength, and how often. I mean, they don't come out and say, Pam, this is what I need, but just by what they're talking, how they're talking. Okay, I see what you're saying. You can read what they need then. Well, I'm listening, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a big, we're witnessing. That's the word I like to use. We're, we're doing this together and witnessing what's going on. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. Would you mind telling me how they make it? Because you said you, you could. So sure. that would be really interesting. Because It's fascinating because Samuel Hahnemann came up with this, the, the physician who developed homeopathy. So it's, it, whatever it's it is, a plant, a mineral, milk from a dog, whatever, it's, it's, some, it's made into a mother tincture. And it could be it needs to be grinded up, but somehow it's made into a mother tincture which you, you mentioned, and then a very small part of that, which is a liquid, let's say we're doing the C potency, which is centesimal, which is a hundredth parts. So one part of that mother tincture is mixed with 99 parts of a water alcohol solution. And then it's shaken, or what homeopathy calls succussed, which means shaken vigorously, and actually it was, it was banged against a Bible. This was years ago. Hmm. And then, so that's what we, they consider a 1C potency. And then very, one part of that is mixed again with 99 parts of a water alcohol solution. Again, the succussion. Mm. And that's the 2C potency. So that, if you do that 12 times, that's the 12C potency. At that point, you remember I said that there's nothing left of what it's made from. It's the energetic yeah. pattern. But there's the 12C, there's the 30C, so it's done 30 times. There's the 200C, it's done 200 times. Then you'll see that there is an M potency, which means thousands parts. So that's been done one to 999 parts. Gosh. 
and there's also an X. So, I mean, there's is, I don't know where, what I want to say with that. I don't know what I want to say. Well, that. It's, yeah. it's very diluted. I it's mean, very diluted, but the, nothing left. That's, this is where the, the science and what we're not used to comes into play. Like how, how can this be? But it's sort of that succussion, that shaking and banging. Somehow it was Hahnemann discovered that this sort of released something. If you think of nanoparticles or if you think mm -hmm. of physics or energy, that's what this is. That's it's really one of the first, if we want to say, energetic medicines. It's matching the energy, actually, of the person. I know this is where we get kind of funny science. But the more, actually, it's been succussed and diluted, in some ways it's stronger, but it's also gentler. Mm -hmm. And why Hahnemann came up with this is that the, at that time when he practiced medicine, which he actually stopped practicing, is that mercury was used and other poisons were used to help people. Well, yes, the person was better, but they died because they were poisoned. And he yes. thought, well, how, you know, how can we use these substances to make them more curative and healing? So he somehow came up with this potentization process that I just described and taking these toxins, these medicines that were, you know, toxins, toxic, and making them more gentler. So this whole potentization process is really making them more gentle so that the person can take them in, use the kind of them medicinally, but not be hurt by them. Well, that's really interesting. Is there a homeopath, homeopathic remedy with mercury in it? Yeah. Okay. Mercurious. It, it's yeah. so small, it can't hurt you. Exactly. Oh, it's fascinating. It is, it's absolutely, it is fascinating. But I know it's sort of counter. My dad used to say, like, how can this be? That, you know, the higher the dilution and the potency, the more, not that it's more healing. Again, it's matching the person, but he, he, he just couldn't put his mind, you know, around it. Mm -hmm. I, for me, there was something about homeopathy when I first started to hear about it. And the more I studied, I thought there's something here. I feel like there's such a need for it. it kind of changed how I look at things, how I look at the world. And I don't know, it resonated with me. I don't know, that's all I could say with it. There's a very good book, if somebody was interested, called The Impossible Cure. It's by Amy Lansky. And she wrote it a good 15, 20 years ago. She and I actually went to school together, but it's about a very good kind of explanation of homeopathy and historically and all of that. And then the second part is about her son who had a very mild form of autism and how homeopathy helped him. And it's often a really good, you know, something to read if somebody wants to know more. And it's written for the layperson. Oh. You know, yeah, The Impossible Cure, yeah, yeah. And you've used these yourself, I presume? Used what, the, homeopathy? The, yes, yes, homeopathy, oh, yeah. you've, okay. Yeah. So that, that when it won you over completely? Like no. you, you tried it and it? No. I didn't no. have an I didn't have an experience like oh my gosh, which oh, some people do. No, mm -hmm. I was never comfortable about taking medications, and so something resonated with this with me. At first, I looked at it as, oh, it's taking something natural instead of like Western medication. But it's more than that. It's it's its own philosophy, as I said. There's more to it. It's not just taking something natural. And I do use it. My kids were raised on it, but. I am sort of, my family doesn't necessarily use it, my extended family. Okay, but, yeah. 
but I, I think there's a real need for it. And I have to say that most of the time, the people who come to me, as well as other homeopaths, it seems like they've tried other healing modalities, they're not necessarily doing much better, and then they come to homeopathy. And, and so often the types of situations that I hear are, you know, I've had this for a while, I'm not doing much better, can you help? I have this, can you help? And I always say, I mean, you sort of asked me something like that earlier. I always say, well, what, I need to find out what this is like for you. And that's where we start, yeah. Yeah, I asked you about plantar fasciitis. Um, right. Because to me, that's a, it doesn't seem like something you could be able to help with because it's involving like the, the tightness of the muscles between the heel and the arch and it just causes foot pain. So that seems to me like something that's just a, it's a more physical thing that needs to have the brace or something like that to solve it, that it wouldn't be something that homeopathy could heal. But you said that, that these are the types of things you can work with. It sounds like you can work with almost anything. Yeah, I think so. I don't want to say, I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Of course, of course. But, you know, but I, because we look at that, that each of us have our own, you, you, you talked about preventative. So this is sort of kind of a slant on this, that we all have our own sensitive areas in our body or even emotional states. So like for mm -hmm. me, I, I feel things in my digestive system. Other people get headaches. Other people might have, like you said, like a sensitivity, like the, the plantar fascia, fascio, is that how you, sorry, I'm not saying it right. I think it's fasciitis. Yeah. It's fasciitis. So, so we all have our own sensitive areas. So, so that takes into, you know, that just, where, where am I going? That homeopathy is sort of like, Okay, that's where we express when we're stressed or when we have something happens, that's where symptoms are expressed or shown. So we actually symptoms are our guideposts saying, hey, something's not right. I'm trying to heal myself and this is the way I'm trying to heal. So I, as a homeopath, listen to those symptoms. So for someone, you know, I would find out what the pain is like, what makes it worse, what makes it better. When do you have it? When did it start? And it could be very different than somebody else who has the same situation going on. So we're getting, again, the totality of the person and, but this, and finding out about not just the general symptoms of it, but the specificness of the person. And I can hear what you're saying. I mean, when some people think that's just physical and it could be mechanical. Well, I told you about Arnica Montana helping after surgery or after dental work or, or use like when you have a filling and how sore you are afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's a physical, mechanical situation, right? Good point, yeah. And Arnica is so helpful for that because it's helpful when there's a trauma, when there's a shock, when there's like an inflammation, when there's a bruising, it helps with that whole healing of it. So that's why homeopathy is, you know, very often I see people for more of chronic and acute situations, but there could, it's wonderful for first aid, like what I just said with Arnica, or somebody has a burn when they cook, or they have a fall, they sprain their ankle, or they have a puncture wound, or they have a, a bite from a spider or something. Homeopathy can be really helpful mm, for that. It's really interesting. Well, you and I don't live horribly far, far apart, but we do live several miles away from each other. So do you do any of this online or do you need to have people be in? Either. I don't do a, a physical exam. I'm not an MD, but I need to, I ideally need to see the person. So I do see people in person, but I also work virtually. 
Zoom, WhatsApp, or whatever. And I'm starting to see people in different parts of the country. And actually, I see I have a patient in Russia right now and in, oh, wow. in Portugal. Okay. I mean, I always think it's learning. For me, the lesson is to be flexible, that we'll figure out how to see each other and work together, you know, and also to understand what the person, for me as a homeopath, to understand what the person is experiencing and to meet them where they are. And this is where we start. And then, I mean, my, my, my hope in a way is that people will want to, yes, that they're better, but they'll look at it as being part of their healthcare and want to continue when something comes up. Yeah. And then you have a free consultation for people if they just I don't want to talk a, to you? Yeah, I do. It, I wouldn't say a consultation more like a get acquainted call. Yeah. And I can do it through phone or can do it through, we could set up a Zoom. It's usually 15 to 20 minutes and to see, to hear a little bit about them, them hear a little bit about me, see if it's a fit. I start to get information about them, but it's, I, I will never say, hey, this is the remedy you need. I don't know enough for one. And again, like it get back, it gets back to one of the first things you said, most people will say, I have blah, 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 blah. Can you help me? Or you have experience with blah, 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 blah. And I will say, yes, to sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but we're looking at you who has this. And so we're finding out about you. And I don't know, that might not be what somebody wants to hear, you know, but, but again, I keep saying, this is what I stress. And I know you, you said that, that I, in a lot of my, on my newsletter, I talked about stomach aches and digestive system and headaches. And, but that's really that homeopathy can help a lot of different health issues that people experience. And that if you haven't gotten the help that you wanted, that maybe to look into homeopathy and see if it's something that might be helpful or might be something you want to do or might resonate with you in a way. Again, it's about choice that you know that there are things out there. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there are a lot of people that maybe have been traditionally with Western medicine their whole lives. And then there's something that happens where it fails them or it just can't diagnose, can't help. And that's when they find out that there are many ways to be healed by it. And they start exploring. Do you get people that's how they find you? They've tried something else and it's just not working, but they find you and then yeah. it's like there's a whole new world for them. Yeah, that's often the case. Or sometimes they actually are looking for a homeopath. You know, they've done homeopathy when they were younger, growing up, or they they're they're open to it. Or a referral that that which is wonderful that they heard that this person did a friend of theirs did very well, and they're oh I have this health issue. I I'm going to see if homeopathy could help. That's why I I do the get acquainted calls because it's it's. You never know. I mean, you're getting your your information, and I always say to people you know, get your information and then do what feels right to you. You know, some people make an appointment, some people don't. Mm. But you're, you're kind of getting some more information. And it might not be the right timing, but I often ask, can I add you to my newsletter? So again, it's sort of like educating. And that's part of what I like to do too, is to let people know it's educating. You know, you, I know I keep repeating myself. There are other things that you can do. You know, you can, there's a choice and look, you can do this. Yeah, but I do find a lot of people come, as I, I know I'm repeating that they've done other things and they're sort of almost at their wit's end and they come to homeopathy. Oh, yeah. And it isn't always, a, it isn't a quick fix. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And to know that it is 
a little bit of an investment in, in your time, in your helping your, your body or your immune system, your being heal itself mm -hmm. and giving, giving that time to you, to yourself that you, to, of that healing. Yeah. Um, I know some people, some homeopaths do the analogy of an onion uh, that like we peel off an, a layer and then there's something else underneath okay, and we yeah. peel off another. So, so, you know, a lot of it is we're going to the why of why something is. I don't think Western medicine always does that. It sort of treats the symptoms, but we're, we're not saying, aha, that's the why, but that's where we're sort of going because we want to heal at the, as much as we can at the, the core of what's going on. So can it sometimes be an emotional process to go through this? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Okay. I, what do you mean exactly by that? Well, if you're peeling the layers of an onion trying to get to the why, that I would just imagine maybe it could dig up things or stresses or traumas or things like that that you may have thought had nothing to do with what your symptoms are, but now you're now you're uncovering them and trying to, to maybe yeah. think on things that you haven't had to think on for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that makes sense about an onion. It could, and it's not to think that, I mean, some people say, oh, it sounds like therapy that I'm doing, you know, and it's mm -hmm. not, it's not therapy. I, I'm not a therapist. I mean, it might be that you, a person would help that they did go see a therapist, but some things come up, you know, you know, you keep hearing people saying that the body holds trauma and remembers, you know, that's been something that a lot has been, that we've been reading about recently. And some of that, and then it could be true. And so it could be that the, the symptoms are a way of us holding what has happened in the past and then maybe just helping to heal. I don't know if I can answer that question in a way to say definitively, you know. Okay. It sounds yeah. like maybe it would be not, it's not like everybody goes through this. There just might be some where it's can be maybe part of the healing process for some people. Yeah. And I don't maybe know if majority. I see it, that it, that something comes up that, that is like, so uncomfortably painful. I don't see it that way. Okay. But it's that more of that we're going towards, we're just healing deeper. That's more what I, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On um, your website, it mentions that you're involved with uh, fluoride. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's old that I've been on that, <laughs> that I put that okay. in there. Okay. Yeah. Is, I think that. Does that interfere or, or what's the deal with that? No. Well, there are things that could antidote the remedy, but fluoride, that was when they were saying about putting it in our water, which they mm -hmm. have now. I mean, that's a whole nother topic. So no, it wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't say it interferes. No. Okay. I'm not saying to take fluoride and I'm not saying not, to, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm finding interesting about what you're saying is that there's a lot of variety and variation on how the healing process works with homeopathy. Whereas in some other modalities of healing, it's pretty cut and dry how you how you deliver what you're going to do, what the response is for a given symptom or whatever, and, and you can take care of it pretty quickly. But this sounds like it's a little bit more involved for you as a practitioner. You need to be studying and watching the person interacting with them to try and get to the core of what the real problem is. Is that a correct understanding? That, yeah, I, yes, it is. But I, I have found that some people sometimes do want just like a quick, just, I just want this to be better. I don't want a deep healing. They don't say it that way. So my, that's where my, as a learning how to be flexible to meet the patient where they are. Sometimes they just want their okay. stomach pains to be gone. So I'm, I'm 
learning how to do that in the sense of this is where the patient is. But I do, it is a process because I don't know when somebody says, I have this situation, I don't know what homeopathic remedy. I need to find out more. And I don't know if there's what other remedies will be needed because it's finding out about the totality, the total, how the person is and how they heal. Everybody heals differently. And it's very, very interesting to me how people talk about feeling better. I mean, often they come back and they don't even remember they had a pain somewhere. You know, I have to ask mm. them, well, what about your gallbladder? Oh, yeah, that's better. <laughs> you know, they've even forgotten that. But I, I, I find that the, the process of what homeopathy is and even of the healing of it is very, very simple. It's that it's a matching game. I'm matching, giving the homeopathic remedy that's similar to what the person's experiencing. And so I need to find out as much as I can about that person. And then sometimes what I find out is not as much as I would like, but this is where the person is. So this is where the onion comes into it. You know, this is I where see. we are. And then they come back and we, we, we understand more. I think that's more of what I mean about the onion than what we, the way we were talking. But there's a lot of information. There are a lot of homeopathic remedies. There are a lot of homeop homeopaths try to organize this in a way like systems, protocols, how to do homeopathy to organize all of this information. Because I have to say that sometimes it's just really overwhelming. And I will say to myself, this is just overwhelming. This is too much. But the process is very, what, I mean, is simple of really what happens. It's finding out about the person, giving them the similar. Um, so that's where I think, did I say that I find it extremely challenging, extremely stimulating, extremely rewarding, frustrating, um, continually learning, learning from, you know, seminars, from patients. When I hear that somebody is doing better, like this one little boy, the mom, this was a month ago, who I've been working with, had warts, and he came running into his mom and said, look, mom, this wart fell off and this one is smaller. Hmm. You know, or that little girl who I said that wasn't um, afraid anymore, who could be who could smile, who didn't need yeah. to hide. I mean, who, it, it's just, you know, somebody who can eat something that couldn't eat before or something. You know, there's something very rewarding. I have a very soft spot for children. I was a special ed teacher at one point and, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'll cut that out. Yeah, and so I use that, that knowledge of special ed. And I, I have an art background and I use that too to be a little bit of art. So it's sort of, Again, it's this, it's this process. So, and I would just say, if, and maybe you, I don't know if you want to leave this in or not, if anybody is interested, you know, to, to do a get acquainted call and see if this is something, you know, you want to do, see what you think about me, you know, and then take it from there. Yeah. Okay. And then people can sign up for your newsletter too, like you're saying, because then they can learn. They can learn. I was reading, I was reading some of your blog posts and it's very helpful to understand a little bit more about what you do and how you approach different topics. So I think yeah. that would be helpful too. Yeah. And to know that homeopathy is practiced all over the world. I, I'm not a unique person in that. And just to know that we have choice, we have other choices. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a lot of respect that it's old, as old as it is. This is something know. that was invented in the 1960s in a lab somewhere. <laughs> this has been around for a long time, it's almost been, as and, old as dirt. Right. And if you read, like, I, there's a lot more to the history of it. It's very, very interesting. And so that why the impossible cure might be if somebody wanted to know more. 
about homeopathy. Okay. Yeah. I'll put the link for that in the show notes as that well. That would be great. People. That would be great. So this was great. I really, I love talking about what I do and about homeopathy. I can tell. I can oh, tell. oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah it comes yeah. across. This is I'm who glad. you are. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what I mean is that it, I always say it's got me, not that I have homeopathy. And, <laughs> and yeah. So this has been great. Well, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I do too. With, for those of you who've been listening, again, you can find Pam Klein, the homeopathic practitioner at homeopathytoheal.com. It's all run one word, no periods, no dashes or anything like that. The link will be in the show notes. And go go check out her website. It's really nice and very informative. And sign up for a newsletter and see what you can find out. I think you'll I think you'll find her very interesting. Thank, Thank you, you for coming on the show, Pam. It was really nice talking Thank to you. Thank you. Oh, this was great. Thank you, Kim.